Let's go. On the reels of legendary Mobo Joe, and you watching Nolazine TV live. Tell everybody where you're from. Harvard, Louisiana, my neighborhood is known as Manhattan, um, better known as the Woods. Okay, so tell us, I'm like, what year did you first come up on actually with the name of your record label and like how it all got started and everything like that? All right, um, the name of my record label is Mobile Joe Records. That's what I started under. My first group was lower level organization, which would mean and my um, homeboy, Notorious A, and um, Ice Mike produced my first MC. How I came about it, um, I was a big fan of hip hop from the time hip hop came on the scene. Around this time, um, I just wanted to get into the, the music. I had, you know, money and stuff to do it. And um, I was talking to one of my homeboys that um, he, he passed away now. And I was like, man, I want him, you know, get in the, in the music game, in the rap game. And he told me, Ace Nitty Rap, which all of us grew up together in Manhattan. So um, I said, he good? He was like, yeah, more he good. But um, he talking about killing the police and all kind of stuff. I said, let's go back there and holler at him. Went back there, I talked to him. When I talked to Ace, I was like, man, what we got to do? He told me about Ice Mike. He said, Ice Mike, you know, do beats. He had talked to him, but he didn't really have the money to do it. So we started meeting the next day and um, got with Ice Mike. And always started working on an EP, you know. Okay, so growing up for yourself, like who influenced you to actually? I mean, start a record label because you know, but I always interview music artists, but I already interview the people who, who like put that money behind the artists. Well, who's who influenced me to want to do that? Um, Easy E, rest in peace to Easy E. I was a real, you know, fan of Easy E. You know, what I'm saying I liked it, what he was doing and everything, and that's why I really got the idea, you know, when I wanted to do it. Okay, so being one, you know, being one, I'm being one, I'm like being one, I'm like independent, on like rap, on like record label in the early '90s. I want you to tell us, on like how that was for you. In the early '90s, yeah. Oh, uh, it was, it was, it was good because I started traveling across state lines like in the '80s. You know what I'm saying? Me and my own homeboy, we used to chase the Saints a lot. I went, I started going to the Saints game. My first Saints game. I went to all the time with Atlanta, and um, I fell in love, you know, with traveling like that, you know, just running behind the Saints and stuff like that. So I knew how to travel the world. You know what I'm saying? I seen how other people live and do stuff, and I used to go to Houston a lot. So I seen a lot of stuff that rap a lot was doing and stuff. So stuff like that gave me the idea to really want to do it also. But I was seeing in my city at this time, a lot of people just was doing the bounce records. You know what I'm saying? But by me traveling across state lines like that, I seen, you know, the real rap scenes and how stuff was going. So that was most of my focus to give New Orleans that same platform that other cities had. Okay. So, you know, I'm like in the 90s, I'm like, why are you coming up, branding, you know, with your record label? I'm like, can you name I'm like, other record labels that was going to well, it wasn't never a competition thing, okay. but when I went to the studio, Sugar Slim and Baby was there. 
they was recalled. Cash Money Records was recalled. They was working on their first project called Kilo G. You know what I'm saying? Which we all was cool and stuff because at the same time, like, you know, it's never a competition. We all was brothers of the same struggle. You know what I'm saying? And coming from the streets, so everybody trying to get to the legal money. You know what I'm saying? So at that time, it was it was Mobile Joe Records and Cash Money. Like, that was like 91, 92. Now, you had other labels before I came on the scene. You know what I'm saying? They put out people like MC Dick, you know, Buzz Down, Tim Smooth, stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? My partner, Courtney, from back then, Harvard. You know what I'm saying? He was doing that. Um, they had um, 3-9 Positive. You know what I'm saying? You had a lot of other artists that was right before us that came out. But me and Cash Money was like really street dudes that's doing this. Them other labels that was really like, you know, wasn't like on the real, real street dudes doing it. Like money, he from the street, but he didn't get into it like us. We was just dumping all this. You know what I'm saying? And then you had Big Boy and so on and so on. So like, you know, being one, being one like independent label back in the day, you know, they had like artists, you know, maneuvering, trying to sound with, you know, with, 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 it was like different labels. Like, and so how many artists did you have your hands on? Like early, early. Night. Well, er, really, yeah. When I started, it was just me and A's Nitty. You know what I'm saying? And then my friend Kenny Ray, who I used to hang with, um, he knew this female and Brandon Little Badness was our cousin. So when he heard what I was doing, because Brandon at this time Little Badness was doing some stuff with um Trey Eight and them too. So when um. He heard what we was doing, we was making so much of noise, he reached out to Kenny Ray. So I'm saying, so he hooked me up with him and um, I bought him to the thing. At this time, I had got all my own equipment. You know what I'm saying? I had went to, um, it wasn't, what the name of that? Sound, sound check. That was, you used to go to buy your equipment. So I went to sound check. I bought like 10 grand worth of equipment. You know what I'm saying? And I had bought the equipment, bought the house. So then Ace was like, he knew somebody who made beats through somebody else, which was that. So I bought that over there and um, I hooked them up and we started doing that raw gangster stuff. You know what I'm saying? They was looking at my lifestyle. I'm getting them concepts of what I wanted them to do. That's dope. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, I want you to take me back a little bit. Like, being one, like, independent, like, you know, CEO rap label, like, like, if, like I want to know, I'm like, actually, what did you enjoy most about it? And actually, like, what did you actually, I hated about it? Mm, I ain't gonna say I really hated a whole lot. You know what I'm saying? I just hate, I just hate the fact that people speaks on stuff and all people name and don't really know. You know what I'm saying? And they call themselves street dudes. They call themselves, you know, men and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? People say like, I stole money from Rulers Juvenile. I stole money from Doghouse. You know, stuff like that. I hate that stuff because at the time, when I started these labels, I mean, these groups, I mean, Rudy's Juvenile was in a, in a studio about a whole year. You know what I'm saying? I was paying bills for other people, for mamas and sisters and cousins, you know, in this whole scene at the time before the music came out. You know what I'm saying? So that part there, I hate. You know what I'm saying? But the good thing, like, all the all members of Ruthless Juvenile, Doghouse Posse, all of them to the date still respect me. You know what I'm saying? They look up to me as a big brother. 
You know what I'm saying? They'll tell you the real deal. But you got these gay people outside the camp that want to, you know, put the input. The part I liked about it was doing the shows and traveling because the love that we got, I seen the impact that we was doing. You know what I'm saying? So that that was my part. I loved it that. Okay, so like, okay. And so, you know, putting out, um, like, you know, like tape records back in the day versus now, like, you know, it was like, like I, if I want you to break down if how it was putting out music back in the early 80s, 90s versus now. Back then, it was, I liked it back then better because you can control what you do. Now, with this, you know, the system they got now, you got to go to put your music on a platform and they water down the money so, so bad. You know what I'm saying? So back then, like, I liked it because you can just go hand-to-hand combat. You know what I'm saying? Almost like a drug game. You know what I'm saying? You can just go bam, bam, bam. But now you got to go to this platform and the Adam Riddles and all that, they can direct your music how they want them. They can knock it down, do this, do that, there. You know what I'm saying? What I did like about the um, social media when it did come out, it did give you platforms that you don't have to go to the majors. You know what I'm saying? But I just wish it gets to the point to where we can get our own, you know, Spotify's and stuff, put our own music on and don't have to go to them so you can get more money coming in. Because the, the money is watered down. So, like, how did you come up actually with your name on that Mobile Joe? All right, Mobile <laughs> Joe, a friend of mine went to school with, his name was Stephen Matthews, right? So, as a kid growing up, for Christmas, we only just can get like one toy, right? So, young, I used to get like Tonka trucks and stuff like that. When I got to where I can ride a bike, I wanted to ride a bike because I'm a very hype active dude. You know what I'm saying? So I used to hang out with all the older cats. You know what I'm saying? I'll follow them on my bike. They might go from Harvard to Morello on bikes and I'll be with them. So just so happened, they was looking for me one day. So they seen somebody like, man, Mo was in Morello. Then he asked somebody else later on, they said, man, Mo went with dirt to the Iberville because we used to catch the ferry and go across the river on Canal Street riding the bikes and stuff. So the next morning when we was going to school, he said, man, we're going to make nicknames. I said, okay. He said, I got your nickname. And I said, okay, what my nickname? And he said, Mobile Joe. I said, okay, what that mean? Well, at that time, like everybody said, Wode. You know what I'm saying? Back then, everybody said, Bo. What's up, Bo? What's happening, Bo? You know what I'm saying? That what they just say. So he took and rhymed the mo with Bo and then my middle name is Joe. That's what everybody knew me by, right? And I asked him what it stand for. He said it stand for on the go. Because at this time, Bell South Mobility was the big phone company, right? And their slogan was Bell South, the company on the go. You know what I'm saying? You got to get with them. So that's how he connected the mobile Joe. It basically stand for on the go, on the real, and wherever the money, I will go. Mobile Joe. Gotcha. So, now I'm about to get into the, you know, if the good question, the good gritty question, like, being from the West Bank, how did you make New Orleans respect you, like, you know, the East Side? Um, I guess the way we was rapping, you know what I'm saying, I knew a lot of people from the East Bank already, but 
I think when the most wanted did the West Bank thing, right? It was a Tim Smooth and a bust down issue that happened at a club that I never went into the, to the day, right? But at the end of the song, they say every nigga from that side, the river can get it. You know what I'm saying? Which they always had tried to make it, even when we was traveling, you know, cross there to go to the club, Superdome dances and all that. They always try to make it like an East Bank, West Bank thing, right? So when I heard that, you know what I'm saying? I'm street. I'm living this. So I told Lil Badness, like, man, you know, grab something and let's entertain that. You know what I'm saying? So we did that. But because we were so hard and so real and knew so many people, and that side, the river, most of them was doing bounce music. You know what I'm saying? And another thing made us get, the projects was on it real hard. And then I had a big, big presence in the penitentiary system because I had a lot of people in and out of jail because I was really in the streets, you know what I'm saying, moving, you know what I'm saying, on the rail. Right. So, like, you know, we've been seeing, though, like, Ruthless Juveniles, you know, a few of your artists. Doghouse Posse. Dog, yeah, mm -hmm. Doghouse Posse. Like, like, you know, if these big artists from, like, you know, I'm, like, around the world, if these other, like, media platforms actually are, like, recognizing you now, way in 2023, so, like, if, how does that feel for to be, you know, to be, like, recognized? If, like, from a guy, we in Detroit, like, it like works on 5'9". Man, that feel great. I feel real, real great when, you know, people like that, they reach back and recognize the real, I mean, the feeling, I can't really explain it. You know what I'm saying? And I thank all of them for it. All of them. And so how many times have you actually been on like, to Detroit? i never been to Detroit. That's crazy. i never been to Detroit. My music, I'm going to tell you, my music bleeded a lot of places. You know what I'm saying? I went to Atlanta a lot. Atlanta and Houston was like my backyard before music. You know what I'm saying? Because of my street life. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I love the females. You know what I'm saying? Still today, I still love females. Well, speak, well I guess what? Why are you speaking on that? Why you keep saying Atlanta? I was Freakneck back in the day. Oh, hey, nothing like now. I, I was at the real Freakneck's. I'm talking about. I'm talking about, you can see somebody getting between the calls right yeah, now. I was I want you to paint yeah. the picture for like these young yeah, people. Like, 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 so. like it's so, like I was like I was in the Freakneck in the 80s, man. I'm talking about, man, people, man, you can, I'm talking about you actually getting me just walking and you can see mothers doing their thing like right there. You know what I'm saying? So I loved it. I was in Atlanta, the year that told Fulton County Stadium down, everything. I remember the Atlanta murder rate was like, man, it was like, I don't think it was a hundred the first year I went out there. You know what I'm saying? It, it changed a lot, you know. So this, like, this was all my, like, this was always my thing about Freaknik. Like, how many people might not be able them children daddy from Freaknik? Cause like people were sticking and moving. Like you probably know the person's name, so it's like you probably so, got kids around the world. You know, <laughs> sometimes in the back of my mind, I'd be like, boy, I wish that day never come up. You know what I'm saying? And mom be like, yeah, you know you got a, a kid in Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I think like that. You know what I'm saying? Because, man, I'm talking about, man. It was fun, huh? Huh? Oh, man, I did, I, did, I did my thing, man. I used to go to Sherry Showcase, Showcase in Atlanta, the Nightlight. I went to Magic City in the 80s, bro. You know what I'm saying? Magic City been over there long? Yeah, Magic City yeah. been there. It blew up, but it been, it been, it been there. I went there like the late 80s, bro. You know what I'm saying? I used to go to Jam City in Houston. Um, Jamaica, Jamaica, you know, I used to go to Dallas, I used to be everywhere, bro. So, like, traveling, you know, 
maneuvering all these states, having a record label. Yeah, but how your relationship was as far as in Houston with him, like Jay Prince? I never met Jay Prince. Okay. I never, I never met, I never, I met, never met Jay Prince. Because you know, you was making noise, so usually mm -hmm. people kind of. Yeah, like, I, I used to deal a lot with the mom and pop record stores like in Atlanta, Dallas, Houston, you know, throughout the, okay. you know, the little region. I deal with a lot of, of the mom and pop, but I never, um, I never met Lil Jay. I was in a club one day when he was in there. But let Jay move like Lil Boosie. He moved with a crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He moved yeah, with a crowd. He moved with a crowd. He moved with a crowd. I remember um, we was in the club, and I was like, man, who that dude is? And my cousin, he from Fifth Wall. He, he went to yeah. school with, with Lil Jay. And he was like, man, that's Lil James, you know? And I was like, Lil James? And he went to tell him, man. You know what I'm saying? So I learned a lot. You know what I'm saying? That's what I learned about Juneteenth in the 80s and all that, because I was out there one year, and they had all this stuff. I'm like, man, what is June? I ain't much do. You know what I'm saying? And um, we used to go to Galveston Beach every 4th of July, like me and my little clique, that was our vacation. And man, it used to be live like Freak Night. Like, it used to be live, live. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, hey, but I'm bring you back. I'll make a little bit about, you know, maybe 90, maybe, maybe 2000, I don't know, but, uh, and like, what's your relationship with, with, exactly with, with um, Soldier Slim? Man, woo! That's the real one right there. Soldier, I never met Soldier until I came home. When I came home, I was working at Peaches Records, right? And Soldier, real one, you know what I'm saying? Be honest with you, that might was the first one ever paid homage to me that I can remember was Soldier Slim, like from the the era, right? right. So I was at Peaches and I was working, and on uh, on the real, it was him and Crazy, Five Hundred Four Crazy, that came in the store, right? Yeah, but that's crazy, like just hearing them two being together after the disruption. Yeah, and like crazy, I met crazy through my homeboy Sam on the four wall because he had crazy them first. So crazy was like a, a, a youngster when I first met. I didn't know who crazy was, but when they walk in the store, I'm in peaches on real. I'm joked out. So when they walked in, I said, "Why?" And they hollered, and I was like, "I ain't nobody." And when I said that. Like click on um, Slim, he just clicked out and looked at him and he walked over there. He said, Who? Mobo Joe? He said, Man, we come up to lower level organization, doghouse posse, ruthless juvenile. That's what he was saying, you know. And he was like, Yeah, because him and Fo Shaw from Ruthless Juvenile was in Angola together, but he never made it to the walk. So he was like, Look, man, I was up there with Ruthless. I hear that boy about to get out here. You know what I'm saying? Plug it up. Let's do something. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, All right. Um, cool, you know what I'm saying? So then, Bible for Crazy came, he was like, man, you remember me? I used to rap for Sam with Sleepy from the Night Wall. You know what I'm saying? I was like, all right, all right. So we um, chopped it up. So um, at this time, all of us, like C-Murder, Slim, used to hang at the Platinum Club right down Manhattan. We used to always be in there, like every night. As a matter of fact, I was in there the night when the shit went down, you know what I'm saying? And um. I seen Slim at the club because niggas be going to the bathroom and they be rapping and stuff. So this is what I respect about Slim, and that's how I know he was real. And he really respected what I did. So I said, Slim, I said, what you gonna hit me for that verse? Slim looked at me, and he, you know how he, he hit you hit the chain that we're doing all. He like, Mobile Joe, you a real nigga, I'm a real nigga. Book the studio, Slim gonna be there, right? So I'm like, all right, all right. He said, Mobile Joe. We ain't gonna drop one, we gonna drop some shit for the city. And that's something I regret to the day 
because I had a window, but I'm just coming home. I'm trying to get my balance, get my life straight. You know what I'm saying? And he stayed right by Peaches. So every day he'll come up that little side street. And I used to always stand in the door when I ain't doing nothing because I'm looking at the females. You know what I'm saying? Passing. And he'll pull up in that cow and he'll, he'll be looking for me. And he's like, man, you ready to go right now? Why? You want to go? You want to go? And I'm like, Slim, I got you. I got you. But never thinking, you know, he's going to lose his life like that. You know what I'm saying? So rest in peace to Soldier Slim. Much love, my brother, on the real. And little Soldier taking care of his business out here, brother. You heard me? Yeah. Yes, sir. So let's bring this back. Like, when you came home from jail, how did you end up getting a job at Peaches Records? Man, Sharon is like family, bro. Peaches, the whole, man, like the whole family is like my family. You know what I'm saying? So what happened, my girlfriend at the time, she, had, she did nails right down the street. So I used to get off from, I was working on a construction job for my um, partner, daddy, who used to work with the um, KT, Kenny Taylor. I used to work with his daddy, you know, remodeling houses, right? So after I get off from Nelski from going to the West Bank, you know, Peaches is like a hangout spot. You know what I'm saying? So I'll go hang out by Peaches, waiting on her to get off, still coming to the West Bank and got to go back over there. So Mr. Ronnie was like, Mobo, you stay up in here all the time. Won't you come to work for me? So it made sense for me to just start working. You know what I'm saying? Plus I'm getting to meet people getting back in the in the in the field. I see Manny Fresh there when I came on too. Shout out to Manny Fresh too. You know what I'm saying? Real one, you know? Gotcha. So let's bring it all the way back. Like what year did you meet Tim Smooth and like and like and like and like how fast did you realize who was like one of the most like talented rappers on the like in New Orleans? I met Tim Smooth. I dropped in 91, had to be early 90s. I didn't meet him, but my first time encounter with him outside just hearing his music was at Jam City in Houston, Texas, right? And this club probably got about three, 4,000 people in it. My partner, Rock, was with us out there. Rock used to hang in the heights a lot, so he knew Tim. So at this here time, Tim was on stage performing. So we kind of in the front, you know what I'm saying? And this side knew, this side knew Tim was the coldest because he rapping, right? And he see rock and the thing. So, and uh, he ain't never stopped. Well, he stopped, he paused his rap. The music started running. And he said, boy, Lamar, what you doing way out here? In this show. And just jumped back on the beat and kept rapping. I said, this nigga the coldest. I said, this nigga the coldest, bro. You know what I'm saying? But I ain't gonna lie back then, Tim bust down, Hitman, Lil Elk, three nine, positive four pack, man. They was tearing, they was tearing up in Houston, bro. So Them it, boys did the thing. It's kind of funny, cause I yeah, they did the thing. Cause I just interviewed up a Lil Elk, and it was crazy, cause he was like, man, I remember back in the day, Lil Wayne used to open up for me, and when he went to Louisiana Fest, opening up for Lil Wayne, he said, man, it's crazy. Like uh -huh. he said, but it's dope that he could still be heard. Look, I, I told him at the um, the video shoot he did. I said, last time I seen you, it was at Jam City. He said, Mo, you went way back. Man, I watched Lil Elk do that one song for an hour in that club and tear it up. Hitman used to do Bounce Baby Bounce for a whole hour and just tear it down, bro. Tear it down. And so I want you to bring it back and be like, you know, you had artists, you trying to, you know, get them known throughout the city. Like, I heard you have, like, small bars, like Club James, people yeah. trying to get in to promote the artists. So, like, I want you to break it down, like, 
Have you had a club like was in the early nineties trying to get your artists out? Or it was, it, 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 I ain't gonna say as bad as it is right now because a lot of rappers are dying and stuff. But like Club James, oh, it was gangster. It was it was gangster. It was real real gangster. You know and what like, I'm saying? Like you know, if I hear stories like many like. Yeah, it was real gangster. Oh, but they said Club James was like a small club. It was but small. everybody from the whole New Orleans. Yeah, it was up. Club James, Detours, um, Ghost Town. You know what I'm saying? You had some small clubs. You had Beaters down there, Tippy Doe. You know what I'm saying? It was like, that was like. I just realized Ghost Town was a was a bar. It's a bar. I thought, I thought it was a sound. That, that, that's all, that's all James is. All the places I just named, them yeah. balls, them not clubs, them right. balls, them neighborhood ballrooms like in, like when you just left from them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's all it was. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I know it. It's the same thing. You know what I'm saying? We used to do shows there. That's how we used to get our records out and stuff like yeah, that. But I think people might need to start going back that route. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. we used to go to Lafayette and do it. You know, Avonville. I got some stuff at Avonville. It was a Shoot out and all around that and in and, and, and a bar and stuff. Yep. Well, I'm gonna give you your flowers while you here. I appreciate you know, it, young you, you man. I appreciate it on the real. And you went from jail system to coming yeah. home to you know Yeah, twenty three years, baby. One time that was enough for me. Didn't go back. Oh, so no how time. long you did? No, I was I oh, was home. Been jail no, I've been home twenty three years. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I've been home twenty two. Like I said, I went my first time. I like nah this ain't the I was in there with hot diesel. I was in there with gangster, my partner Woody. Um, Julio, Terry England came through, man, a bunch of us in now. You know what I'm saying? It was like 98, 99. You know what I'm saying? It was insane, but now all that stuff like that. Like, just speaking on, you know, you know, gangster, like, like, how do you feel about, like, just how the streets, like, interpret everything, what's going on now? Because, you know, it's like a new norm for everybody to speak on, like, street business. The See, business. that's the thing. This new norm shit, I don't get it. You know what I'm saying? Because... Everybody tell me they got an opinion, right? To me, the old folks say opinion is like an asshole. We all got them, right? That's true, right? Mm -hmm. But what come out your asshole? Shit. Okay, so all y'all's opinions is a bunch of shit. You know what I'm saying? That's cash money, hot boy business. I don't speak all the people's business. You know what I'm saying? Because I was raised different. See what I'm saying? At our house, what happened at our house stayed in our house. That's what my mom and my daddy told me. What happened at our neighbor's house, if we bought it, something to our house, I don't, that's an ass whooping. I don't get that people building. What them people got, to, that's on them. Because you got people in your own clique that doing shady shit to you. But you want it, these, these dudes want to stay relevant now. Everybody want to get in front of the count. I'm a big dog, I can speak on anybody's name. And that's why so much killing and mess is going on because nobody have no respect. Everybody just want, you know, be so relevant, you know what I'm saying? So that's them dudes' business, you know what I'm saying? Well, it don't apply to me. Well, we're gonna speak on the positive, like, you know, or because you just gave him one, I'm like, shout out. I'm like, you know, meeting him in jail, like, I would, if I, if I was gangster. Man, gangster was, gangster was cool, bro. Like, he was real, like, you know, when you go to jail, if, if you, if, when you go to jail and you go on a chill, like, everybody gonna kinda, not everybody, but people kinda greet you, you know what I'm saying? Get your zuzus or whatever, front or something, get you some stuff till your stuff come. Well, they did it to me. Everybody come through. When Gangster came, by him having a name, people like they froze up. You see what I'm saying? So when I seen him, you know, I was like, man, what's up? I introduced myself to Mobile Joe. And he was like, man, I need to holler at you. And then he gave me some help for some stuff that people was trying to plot that I didn't much know about. You know what I'm saying? So that's how we count up. Bind it from now and then it just laughed from you know just 
being sellers and now growing. You know what I'm saying? I said, y'all was good. Yeah, we was good. But I say on that situation, if I was that person they say he told on, if I was in the grave and I could come out of the grave and say, go home, I'll say, man, go on to your family, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because I was going to speak on it. And they sound like, look, look how on. you feel like, you know, me, I wouldn't care if somebody man, go told on. me about the end. You know what I'm saying? Me and you go do something right now, and I'm gone, man, go on to your family. Because the thing is, it's a whole trick. We fight the system. The system is bigger, bigger than us. You know what I'm saying? We killed each other. We locking each other up because we want to stay so on um, street. You know what I'm saying? And then you talking about something 20-something years old. And we still want to be so street that we worry about that when we can take over the world with all the money coming to the community right now. Come on, man. Grow up, man. Come on. How gangster you want to be, man? So you know? Also speaking of that, it's like if how you were saying, you know, you went to jail. You was in jail with like a lot of people that was known through the city. Like, mm -hmm. it's how important it was to actually have like one, you know, it, it was a good name going to jail, basically. Like, you know, if one name that carried weight on the streets. Say that again? Like, and how important it was to have like a good name going to jail in the night. Oh, it was big, it was big, it was big, it was very important. It was very, like, ain't like, even by like meeting gangsters and hot bees or them, now to see the respect they had for me for what they really was doing, that, that, that meant a lot. You know what I'm saying? That meant a lot. And I was, you know, able to help him start his labor from in jail. You know what I'm saying? He'll take the advice and, man, it, it was a lot. It was, it, 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 was, it was real. You know, it let me see that. You know, we can get stuff done in a positive way. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. And so, like, out of all the labels that came out of New Orleans, tell us what like separated yours from the other ones. What um like every see, label that came. Cause I'm known for doing. They say I'm known for gangster rap, the whole gangster rap. That's what I'm known for. Cause at that particular time, people wasn't really doing that. You know what I'm saying? Like. Like, you know, Tim Buster, they were rapping about, you know, the ballads, Rubenstein, stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Then you had the bounce rap. You know what I'm saying? I started rapping about reality of our life that we was really living. So I made it cool for to do that. You know what I'm saying? And that's what separate, separated, you know, the men from the boys. You know what I'm saying? Because you had, you know, street dudes but they was just rapping about, you know, what you call them. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I got to ask this question. It's a little messy question because I, I, heard, I heard a few people say this, like, but back in the 90s, who made the most money? The West Bank or, like, oh, all the Paris? The West Bank was on, man. Come <laughs> on, man. Hands down, the West Bank was on, man. You know what I'm saying? Hands down. We was, we was getting it. You know what I'm saying? We was getting it. There a lot of people in the city, but we was getting, but we was getting, we was getting that money. Cause I told people like, man, I traveled through the whole New Orleans. Like the first, first, like, I, like the first time I saw a Lamborghini was on the Western. It was yeah. a Chinese dude. He was hustling. I don't name that my people, but he yeah. had a Lamborghini yeah. back in the day. Yeah, yeah uh -huh. so, uh, he watched us get money. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we got we got money on the West Bank, and we got our money more quiet. You know what I'm saying? They had so much killing and stuff over there, and they got a lot of money downtown. They got a lot of money back in the day downtown. You know what I'm saying? Goo, L Rock, and all them boys. Them boys was getting money, selling wall. You know what I'm saying? Really, I was going over there getting work when I first got the game. You know what I'm saying? I had to go to Florida, pee everywhere, and get down. You know what See, I'm saying? And also, that's my next question. Like, you know, you've been through every hood in the water. Everywhere. So I'm asking you this question. Like, everybody fuss about the building. What, what hood 
first started rocking Dicky Fits and made it popular. What hood started rocking Dicky Fits and made it popular? Like, cause you know, so many hoods, like man, they started. It was. I would have to say, I can't put it pinpoint the Dicky suits on the hood because of New Orleans. I can't right. say for secret who started, but it it was more downtown. But I was a lot of people tell you I'm a Dicky suit wearing dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I I remember, you know, downtown scene, because you had people like, um, damn, what's your boy name? Had the tow trucks and all that, man. He got busted way back in the day. was selling a lot of, I can't call it that, um, click them and stuff, but they was from downtown. You know what I'm saying? I just see them with the dick and suit, but it was just a fashion thing. You know what I'm saying? Well, I made it cool to airbrush on your dick and suit. Cause me and my homeboy got killed. We'll take like lines from the ghetto boys. Like I can't stand line bitches. We'll put on the back of our dick and suit. We'll put oozes on them. You know what I'm saying? We had L Brett, P Town Moore take that. We had guns. We had to go to the, ask the villa. How we come to the villa. You know what I'm saying? The Manhattan boys. Oh yeah, we can't treat out. Me and my partner T, rest in peace, man. Love you. Heard me? Yeah, we did that. But I, I say more downtown. So like, like for the city, it combined, like, you know, who was the flyers? The West Bank could have West Bank. You know that? You know that. You know. I tell you another thing that people don't realize too. By me traveling in the 80s, real talk. I went to Miami, my first Super Bowl. Had to be 88, 89. It was the 49er Cincinnati Bengals, right? But we used to travel. When I said New Orleans, what they said? What wall did they say? In Durham? Uh, Guess some more. The night Night wall. That's what's known. The, the night wall. The night wall. When you went somewhere, you said New Orleans. They said night wall. They from the night wall. And then what wall after the night wall? In the seven and third. Seven. Oh, seven wall. That's what they know. You know what I'm saying? When I moved into Desire Project in like '84, '85, the worst project yeah, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. world. You see what I'm saying? So when you was traveling, that's the first thing the people gonna say. You know what I'm saying? Night wall. You know what I'm saying? We was down in Miami for the Super Bowl. We're behind this the Summit Theater. Got of smoke that weed real bad. And we bought some weed. And uh they'll they'll see me because I had the goals and stuff. The first thing they gonna think, New York. And I'm like, man, I ain't from New York, I'm from New Orleans. Then they'll say night wall. Man, they'll <laughs> give you some extra bags and all the respect they had for the city. You know what I'm and saying? I think, you know, just just period still is they like if a lot of cities just have respect for New Orleans, period. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they got they got a lot of respect for New Orleans. Because we was all all over. Hey, but you know the only saying? city I've been to, and I've been to a lot of cities in the United States, the only city gave me like a grimy, gritty like New Orleans is Detroit. Like, yeah. That was the only city I picked to like, this, this, this is a little yeah. dangerous. Everyone else, it didn't seem like, you know, yeah. long as long as I mind my business, but it was Detroit. Hey, I'd say another thing, them brothers in Detroit got money too. They get money. Oh, they yeah. was getting money because one of my plugs, from LA, that was another boom, boom, boom. They got money in Detroit. They got, I never went there, hey, but, but the biggest, they got money. You know what I'm saying? I once another city got money. Hey, but the most known person, like, like around the world for drug dealing, is from Detroit. Yeah. Me, so you know. Yeah, they got they got money in Detroit. You oh, know what I'm saying? Uh huh. So tell us, I'm like, what's next? I'm like for your record label. Right now, um, we're working on the Mobile Click 2023. You know what I'm saying? I'm um I'm definitely gonna get it done. The Mobile Click Reunion, 2023, and um after the Mobile Click, I'm passing the torch to L Mott. 
he's going to hold it down going forward. That's what I'm going. We're working on his album. I got him in debt. We did the doghouse, rootless stuff, working together right now as we speak. You know what I'm saying? So, El Mont is on you, on the real. What you going to do? Huh? So, I'm going to give you if it's your flowers again because last night, if it's your receipts, up, you know, Got show what you got. I appreciate everybody who played a part in putting that thing together. I love this right here. You know what I'm saying? To all you young folks, you know, ain't nothing wrong with living to be an OG. And guess what? My G don't stand for gangster. It stands for greatness. That's what you're looking at. Greatness. Get a look at that. Huh? On the real. Okay. Also, you know, oh, but I see that, you know, if you started off, I like worked away, you know, I'm like West Bank artists. I'm like then after that, I would you venture all I'm like to the East Bank and everywhere else. So like I want you to know, if like name a few artists. I'm like that you had, you know, if like under your label and everything like that. Well I had a I had um a lot of West Bank artists under my label. Like I said, Ruthless Juvenile, Doghouse Posse, you know, I work with MC Spud, Farmer Approach, but I also work with East Bank artists like the great Ricky B. My little sister, um, Cheeky Black, I can never forget Lil Goldie, man, Lil Goldie. That's my little brother right there, man. And um, I did a lot of things with um, East Bank rappers. I also helped take four of them. I brought them on the road, drove them to Atlanta, you know, doing shows and stuff like that, you know? And like, you know, and that's also one, you know, it's a good thing because, you know, it been a lot of labels, like Forrest, and before like in the outside world, and the labels didn't get along. Mm -hmm. And you speaking on, you know, basically used to help other people. So like, so like for big boy records, having like, you know, if they have a West Bank and moving on like that. Um, how was your relationship on like for us with on like Chuck and them? With, oh, me and Chuck was um was cool. I was I was cool with Big Boy, Robert Shaw was um cool with them too, you know what I'm saying? Cause Chuck was um getting money in the streets and stuff and they um right before they dropped Mystical, they came by the record store and um got an opinion from me on what I thought about it, you know what I'm saying? I told him it was hot, you know what I'm saying, to go ahead and um, drop it, you know what I'm saying? And um, I, I met Ricky because Kenneth Taylor KT was um, used to be my business partner, and um, he knew Kevin who did the beat for Ricky. So at this time, like I say, it was so many people with the gay stuff to me, I call it gay, when you got men talking about stuff you don't know. So they were saying all kinds of stuff with the, I took Rupert's juvenile money. So I told Kenny like at this time, I wasn't signing no artists or nothing like that, right? So he was telling me about Ricky B. And he was like, man, just give me the permission because we had RDM studio right next door from the record store, which was Jay Diamond Washington. And um, he was like, just give him the okay to go record it and once they record it, let me hear it. You know what I'm saying? Because they, they already had it kind of like laid out and everything like that. So when they did it, I went over there and I heard it. And um, I like what I heard because it was like, it was good, positive stuff. You know what I'm saying? But it was good and it was New Orleans. You know what I'm saying? Then Rick was cool and I really liked Shake It For Your Hood. Rick did not like Shake It For Your Hood. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, that's a hit. Like, for real. You know what I'm saying? So that's how that came about. The Chica thing came about. And she, she don't know this because I never told this yet. But was at the lower state. And they had a concert down there, right? And um, it, was, it was on Canal Street. So Big Heavy 
from Cash Money. He was to do music with him. He was like the bodyguard. He used to work at the club too at Discovery. So Big Heavy know me and my clique before the music from Don Nickel. We used to go to the club a lot. And we used to always get into fights and stuff like that. So he used to always be breaking me up for fights. So that's how you knew me. So at the show, Big Heaven and this round of time to twerk something started. You know what I'm saying? And people think twerk came from dancing. Twerk ain't came from dancing. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you want to fight a nigga, like, man, what, what you talking about? Let's twerk something. You know what I'm saying? You know, you guys said, man, let's go twerk and go hustle, go sell something. So Big Heaven has said it on the mic, and then he get a mic to Chica, Chica from the night wall. So he get a mic to Chica. So when Chica was saying it, the arena went crazy. And I can see she was an entertainer. You know what I'm saying? So I asked Big Heaven, I'm like, man, who that is? He was like, oh, that's Chica Black. I said, where's she from? He said, she's from across the canal. You know what I'm saying? Cause you from the night wall, you don't say you say cross the canal. Yeah. I know yeah. that's cross the canal. So I'm like, all right, bam. So the next day, rest in peace, my little brother Hitman. Um, he was at the store. He came to the store, and um, it was me, him, and Kenny. So I said, look, Kenny, they got this chick from the um, night wall across the canal, and that chick is black. I said, I need you to go find her for me. So he was like. And I gave him a little output of what happened that night before. So Hitman was, you know, he was street. So I told Hit to go with him. And they went found and bought her back. And it was, it was up. You know what I'm saying? It was up. Gotcha. So I got this question for you because I know nobody gonna be able to answer it like you because you was around this area. Because I saw Lil Wayne speak up on and everything for us, like the West Bank having games. Like in the, in the early 80s, I mean, like late 80s, 90s. Like, do you think? Like, it was like, it was like, because that gang. Shit. I wanted to ask you that, yeah. That, that gang. Did they really have a gang on the West Bank? Nah. On the East Bank, neither. There ain't no right. gangs. You had clicks, you might have posse, like, neither. But that, like, like, like that gang. That a blue, lot of people said they had gangs. Red, like that blue. Now, I ain't gonna lie. Like, in the, in the late, after we got out of school, like, gangster um, Terrell that I went to school with, he started putting. They started coming up with the gang and then G Slim, they started doing that stuff. But it was like, it wasn't like no real gang banging. You know what I'm saying? It was just like the hood stuff. You and know really what I'm saying? It was click. It was click. They, they just started claiming the colors right. because Chuck was from LA. G Slim started going to LA. My homeboy, Joe Cooley, they had plugs, he had people in LA. Joe Cooley, he yeah. bought the red. You know, Joe Cooley started coming with that red stuff, that blood stuff. You know what I'm saying? Shout out Joe Cooley, But man. the little cat started, you know, going against the hood and then start saying it like that. But it really wasn't no gang banging. Right. You know what I'm saying? They tried to make it like it was gang. I hate when they start saying it all on the news, man. Talking about gang. It wasn't, it wasn't really like that, though. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, there's so many people speak up on it. But, like, I want to ask somebody in that era who actually saw, like, the transition nah. of people trying to even make a gang. Nah. See, like, the difference, what they understand... Say like, when I was coming up we, in New Orleans and like today, you go anywhere you want. When you, where you got real gangs, man, you can't really, like, say like, you can, I can go back there with gangsters, I'm talking about gangsters from the West Bank from Harvard, Terrell and, and other gangsters. There was two gangsters back there. Was the, the gangster I went to school with, the other gang, he was a little younger than me too. But I can still go back there. 
because I ain't got no part, nothing to do with that. When you talking about real, like, gangbanging, like, you can't go in another hood. You got problems. You know what I'm saying? Like, in L.A., if you go to another hood and you not from now, them gangs, it ain't going to happen. Down here, it's, it's, it was different, man. You know? Like, them dudes just was, like, doing that. You know what I'm saying? It's okay. This question. So how did you find, like, Fifth Wall Weaving? I found Fifth Wall Weaving through Kenny. As a matter of fact, I had just came home. And um, Fifth Wall Weaving, he wasn't doing too good at that time, but Kenny was telling me about, you know, the little guy was rapping. You know what I'm saying? And I'm always trying to put people on at the same time you got talent. You know what I'm saying? So that's how that came about. You know what I'm saying? That's just like, sometimes another good, good one that you need to put on there too. Like, people always ask me about my album covers. Like, you know, on my album covers. Like, I was also like the first one that came out with wax, CDs, and cassettes at one time. You know what I'm saying? We look at the lower level, who was juvenile doghouse policy. You know what I'm saying? But as, after I got my stove, you know, people like local artists that can draw. They might come with a drawing of an album cover, this, that, and other. And I'm like, man, I give them a chance. You know what I'm saying? So I'll just do it. You know what I'm saying? But like um, Fifth Wall Weaving, like I said, he came through to um, a plug that Kenny knew. You know what I'm saying? And we did the album and, you know, opened the door for him. And he went on to do great things. You know what I'm saying? And rest in peace of Fifth Wall Weaving, you know? Went to the Grammys and everything. Off a door that was open for Mobile Joe. So, you know, hey, when I see currency, you know, bringing back, you know, all the old schools, making that thing, bringing it on Canal every Saturday night. Like, but, you know, yeah, but the real old school show used to really be on the West Bank. So I want you to, you know, give a little history on that. Well, um, on the West Bank, man, we, we had the cleanest calls back in the day. You know what I'm saying? And um, like me, I was more into the old schools. You know what I'm saying? But me and my clique, that was from the street when I started doing music, we used all the calls for the album covers and stuff like that because people, you know, knew them and stuff like that. But, you know, um, man, when you come down to the old calls, like we was the first one putting snakeskin interior, cod-hide interior and calls and stuff like that. We was like the first one really, really doing that. You know what I'm saying? That was like a, that was like growing up with that passion I had for old calls and you know, just to love to see the old the hood, dudes in the hood with the old whips. So that was just a thing that we did, you know what I'm saying? But we was the first one really putting them old calls in the video, fixed up and all that and stuff like that, you know what I'm saying? But I also picked a lot of that up going to Houston. Like them boys in Houston, everybody freak a whip out. They freak it out. And that's what I used to love. That's why I started seeing that, you know? And also, last but not least, tell everybody, what can they find you at? on social media? It's just everywhere. On Instagram, MoboCamp, M-O-B-O-C-A-M-P-9-0, because I represent the 90s. On YouTube, is MoboCamp Records. You can also find me on the Mobile Joe Records. On Facebook, it's Mobile Joe. You also can find me. Also, I got an Instagram, and I got a Facebook on the Lacamo. That's the new Mobile Joe. Like Mobile Joe and Lacamo is the same person, but the Lacamo is where I'm at now as a grown man, not a young boy. So just Google Mobile Camp 90 or Mobile Camp and you got me.
on the rail.